Hello, and welcome to Prodcast, the number one podcast for product teams. This episode is sponsored by Product-Led Alliance and the Product-Led Festival. The Product-Led Festival is the first and only online conference dedicated to product-led growth. There's over 50 speakers from top companies such as Salesforce, Stripe, HubSpot, and so many more. The conference runs from June 2nd to June 4th, and you get five sessions for free. And if you use my promo code, PRODCAST20, you'll get 20% off individual or team passes. So what are you waiting for? Click the link in the show notes, go sign up, and I'll see you there. On today's episode, I sat down with Chris B, Senior Director of Product Development at Zillow, to discuss product strategy development and how to cascade product strategy throughout your org. Chris has worked in product management, product leadership, and product strategy for companies like Microsoft, Amazon, and Uber, all before heading over to Zillow. Get ready to take notes. You're in for a treat. Hey, Chris, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, John. Yeah, absolutely. So, Chris, to to start things off, could you give a quick introduction to the listeners and maybe a little bit about your background and what you're doing today? Yeah, sure, sure. Happy to just give a quick overview of, of my background and what I'm up to now. So I've been working in software development for about 15 years in a variety of engineering and product roles, mostly on consumer-facing web and mobile products. I started my career as a PM at a couple of startups, um, uh, initially on the East Coast where I grew up, came out West to, to work at Microsoft, uh, was a PM there for MSN for a number of years, uh, moved down to San Francisco, was a senior PM for Amazon Music. Uh, got to launch a bunch of new mobile and partner experiences there as, as a PM for Amazon. Uh, moved into engineering management at Amazon, product engineering management. Uh, led a few different teams as a software development manager. Got to help launch Prime Music and some other online music shopping experiences. And after that, joined Uber pre-IPO uh, as an engineering leader there. Um, took on a couple of different teams inside Uber for Business. Uh, wound up leading a, a decent sized group there. Uh, we launched a bunch of new offerings from scratch, which was really exciting to be able to do some of that um, early work in some of those products that are out live today. Um, and then while I was in SF, I also did um, some uh, advising and, and hands-on work for a couple of uh, very early stage startups um, on the side. So I did that as a little bit of a side hustle evenings and weekends. And most recently, I uh, have moved up here to Seattle to lead a product engineering group for Zillow. My team uh, works on the core shopping experience for Zillow.com. Uh, we're responsible for core product strategy, planning, and execution of the consumer experience on Zillow.com. Very cool. Sounds like a ton of great experiences. And so you, you mentioned that you, you currently lead product strategy, amongst other things. And the topic that we wanted to talk about today was uh, cascading strategy. So before we jump right into the topic, I want to take a little step back because strategy is a word that's often thrown around, uh, sometimes too lightly. Um, how would you define strategy? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. Um, it's strategy, to your point, it, it's used in a lot of different contexts and it can sometimes be a bit overused as, as a term. Um, if you look at the, the, the textbook definition of strategy, it's, it's a plan or method designed to achieve an overall result. Um, is, is how it's defined. And, and frankly, that's not too far off. It's a bit of a vague description, but it's, it's not too far off from, I think, the, the actuality of, of what it means to develop a strategy. I think strategy can show up in a lot of different places, too. And, you know, we should be clear about that. There's 
sales strategy, their command engineering strategies, marketing strategies, a product strategy, you know, overall company strategy. So there's, there's lots of different ways to kind of frame what it means to, to build a strategy or to have a strategy. Um, but in terms of, of product strategy, which I think is what we want to focus on, you know, I, like to, I like to think about product strategy as a set of focus areas and investments you're going to make to serve your target customers. And there's, there's different levels to that. There's, there's long-term product strategy, which may be a two, three-year strategy that you're looking out a little further and thinking more broadly about um, the marketplace and where you want to be and the value proposition you want to eventually offer to consumers, to your customers. And then there's the, the shorter term, which is more the annual or, or half annual plan, um, which is if you had to prioritize, I think the one that uh, deserves the focus and, and where most attention ends up going for, for folks that are doing this kind of work. Um, but in, in either case, a good strategy should include your, your goals and objectives, kind of what you're trying to achieve for your customers and as a business. Uh, you sh- should have a good understanding of your target customer. Uh, you know, you can't be all things to all people. So it's specifically who you're trying to serve, the persona, user research to support that. And then, of course, your focus areas, which um, if you're in an OKR style framework, these are the O's. Uh, we can talk about OKRs a bit later. But, um, you know, how, how you'll deliver against your value proposition. Um, some may be competitive responses. Some may be just core things you need to do in order to achieve what it is that you've set out to do. Uh, from a from a value proposition and just overall uh, market message standpoint, and some will be bets and investment areas where you don't know if you win. They may be more risky. There may be opportunities to create uh, a unique value proposition or, or differentiator. Um, but I think all that sort of wraps up into into what becomes a product strategy. Uh, I think it's an important piece of of what product managers should should be doing and thinking about. Absolutely, and, and you mentioned that you know strategy is something that happens at you know each each department in, in the organization, right? You have sales strategy, marketing strategy, product strategy, and, you know, to, to develop strategy or to be strategic, it's, it's not something that just happens at the top of the organization, but it is really important. Like it starts there, right? So it is really important for top level strategy to be really clear. Um, so what, what happens in your experience um, if it's not clear at the top when you try to cascade strategy down throughout the organization? Yeah, I, I think being being clear at the top is is an important part to a strategy. I, I think it's important to be to be clear at the top and also relatively high level. Um, it, it should be the the broadest goals that unify multiple teams and functions that that can really go over the entire company. Um, the specifics for uh, a given area or or a given set of features should really live with the teams and the groups. Um, so the, the bigger strategic thinking is, is what we want kind of at the executive level. Uh, and the, these should be really the broadest goals the company has. This could be increasing uh, unique users or customers, increasing revenue, profitability. You know, maybe there's a new product line launch or some big new investment area that they want to spin up. Or, you know, there, there might be some other sort of mandate that maybe is happening for a variety of reasons that needs to be done and needs to be organized across the whole company and made a priority. So that, that's the level of, of thinking and, and hopefully guidance we're getting at the top. Um, and then those goals cascade down through the various levels of the organization. So you may start with those broader company goals that are kind of wide reaching and, and crossing multiple departments down to division, uh, down to group, down to team, 
level goals. And, and of course, that varies depending on the company size. If it's a startup, a, a small group of people, you may have one set of goals for the entire company, and that's sufficient if you've you know, got a small organization. I think as you grow and as you add more complexity, it's good to be not only clear about the cascading and the goals, but also the structure in the organization and how you organize the, the goals and the strategy and, and where you expect the strategy to be to be completed. Um, so I think that's, that's also important to think about as well. Um, and when you've, when you've done this right, I, I think it makes prioritization a lot easier um, in the teams and in the groups when you, when you know what those broader goals are that the company's trying to achieve. And it gives people line of sight to how their work ties into the bigger picture. So as a given team or a given team manager, a PM on a team, when you know that the work that you're doing and the goals that you're setting with your team are tied directly or maybe indirectly to some of the broader company goals, you're empowered to do some of your best work. And it allows you to really feel like you're contributing to the broader uh, company objectives. Definitely. I mean, even times where there's, you know, temporary ambiguity around where the company's trying to go or, or what the strategy is, it, it kind of leaves you wondering, like, what, what should I be doing? So I, I can I can definitely see that. In, in the next question, I'm, I'm going to kind of break it up in, into two parts. So we, we talked about, you know, being clear at the top and being very high level and then kind of letting uh, things get more granular as, as you go down. But what role do product managers and product leaders have to play in uh, strategy development at that top level for the organization? Like what, what inputs could they be giving to help potentially shape some of that, if, if at all? Yeah, yeah. I, I look at it as the, the product managers and product leaders in an organization are really the facilitators of creating a strategy. Uh, they should be the people that are the glue that bind together the, the various parts uh, of the organization and the various inputs to, to bring together a cohesive strategy. Um, so it should be collecting inputs from the UX team, from the engineering team, data science, marketing, sales, of course, the senior leadership team. Um, the goal really is to make sure everybody feels bought in and, and that you're representing the best thinking inside your company. And, and when you do a good job bringing together the right people and, and getting the right inputs and giving everybody a chance to, to um, participate in the process, not only do you get the best thinking, but everybody feels bought into the process. Um, and within that, there needs to be a little bit of kind of disagree and commit. And, and that is the, the concept of, encourage folks to to disagree or to voice opinions or to give input that may be contrary to what maybe has been written or what's being discussed. But once a decision is reached, everybody commits to that decision, even if it wasn't the way that they would have preferred. And, and that's an important kind of theme, I think, that needs to be carried through the process because it's, it's, it's virtually impossible to get every person to align to think about things the exact same way and, and think about priorities the exact same way. So there's always going to be a little bit of subjectivity that needs to happen within there. And I think that's where PMs play a pretty big role to help facilitate that decision-making and try and come up with the best outcome and the best overall approach and plan that will meet as many of the <clears throat> customer needs that have been defined, meet the company jack has been defined and also represent everybody's internal input and opinion to the process. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And, and so PMs and, and the UX teams, development teams, data analytics can, can all be great inputs going upward in the organization. But, but once that, that strategy is defined, you're, you're saying that there needs to be a level of buy-in and, and then it needs to go back down into the organization to develop 
um, kind of individual team strategy, I guess, down towards the, the bottom parts of the organization. So what is that cascading strategy going from you know, the top high level strategy down to the individual team level? But what does that look like when it's done well? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think if it's done well, you, you get both a, a tops down um, set of input and you get a bottoms up set of input. And the tops down part is important because at the end of the day, the folks that are in the C-suite or the the executive level are going to be the folks that are able to make some of the big resourcing decisions that you may have to make within a company. And that could be people, that could be money, that could be investment in a given area, uh, that could be investment to cut a given area and not invest somewhere. Um, but it's also mind share. Like you, you want the folks at that level to be bought in and thinking about things the same way as, as the rest of the organization, obviously. So it's really important to have that, that perspective um, from the top. But I, I also think that typically that comes in a form of discussions and in a form of um, collected input, usually from product leaders. And, and then that is a set of guidelines or a framework that can be used for the bottoms up planning and the bottoms up planning from the teams, from uh, the PMs, the engine managers, the UX designers, basically everybody who would participate in the product development um, is, is essential, right? Because that's the folks that are actually going to be on the ground doing the work, getting things done. Um, and, and they're going to bring a lot of perspective and practicalities to the process that may not be obvious to folks at, at an exec level. And that layer of, of filtering or that layer of, of um, just realism in the whole process is super important. Um, and, and when those two things come together, I think that's where you get a really good strategy. So Chris, do, do you have any examples uh, that, that you could share from your past where, um, where this has worked and, and what it looked like? Yeah. One example um, is at Zillow. Uh, we've had really good general overall direction from our leadership on our, on our major OKRs and, and major investment areas. And each level below that has done their own OKRs and strategic plans. Um, we, we do it both at the business line level and then at each group or group of teams um, does, their, does their strategic plan as well. And that's, that's worked out really well because we've been able to get that alignment between the executive level and uh, down to the team level in terms of what the priorities are and, and where the focus should be. Um, another example I might add is actually Uber. Uber did it a little differently. Um, we had really broad goals uh, for our division and we were able to run our division at Uber for Business a little bit like a startup inside of the bigger company. Um, so we had, like I said, really broad goals about growing overall business riders and overall business revenue, but then had lots of autonomy to execute and, and take risks within, within that broader framework. And through that, there was a lot of really just innovative thinking at the company at the time. This was all pre-IPO. And we were able to launch brand new products. This was Uber Central, Uber Events, Uber Vouchers. Uh, they were all created from scratch within that division as, as ways to serve the larger uh, B2B customer goals that we had set kind of at the executive level. Um, so that was a really good example of giving teams the autonomy to, to go run and build out their own plans and their own strategies, but fitting within a, a larger framework of the, the broader goals for the company. Yeah, that, that makes a ton of sense. And coming from like where, where I sit right now in, in the organization that I work for, Swipe Clock, we've kind of done the same thing where, um, to your point about 
top level management needing to set kind of the the high level strategy and and then letting the the teams kind of work autonomously like in these examples um, I, I feel like that's worked very well for us to take in that same kind of model so th thanks for sharing this yeah absolutely so in another talk that, that you gave you talked about um, how you used a, a product strategy document um, and i'm curious if you could share with the listeners what that looks like and kind of how, how that helped facilitate the conversation with, with um, your executives. So the product strategy doc often takes the form of a, of a annual or semi-annual plan. Uh, I talked a little bit earlier about different, different timeframes for strategic thinking and strategic planning. I think there is room for, for three year and longer term plans, which are interesting and, and valuable, but I would say more valuable are the, more immediate, a one-year, even half-year uh, style plans. So putting that together into a document, I think, is where it all comes together. Uh, that should be the place where you capture the decisions, you, you, you list out your assumptions, you, you state your backing data, and, and outline the overall plan. Um, and, and through this process, you wind up poking a lot of holes in your own ideas until the best thinking is captured, and, and you can justify the investments and justify the plan. Um, so the, the, the doc should stand on its own. It should have enough depth and thought of detail that it can handle challenges. And if you were to send out a final version of it, people can read and understand why you arrived at a given decision and how that decision was made. Um, and, you know, to break that up, so a lot of that can be put in appendices and you kind of state the, the core decisions and core direction, you know, in a, in a summative fashion so that it can be read and digested easily, but all the detail is, is made available. Um, in maybe an appendix or another doc or, or um, in some auxiliary form. And the key for all that is to really uh, explain the why and make sure that it provides value not only to the execs and partner teams, because they're going to have lots of considerations maybe for your given division or your given organization or, or um, have given input into the process that they want to make sure is captured and represented. But it also adds a lot of value to the, the team, the, the, the frontline team that's actually executing on the strategy because they um, have a place that is concise that allows them to, to be sort of unblocked on a lot of the churn and decision making that, that can typically happen as new ideas come up or new research is found or um, you know, new, new things are brought up at the exec level or what have you. When you've got a plan that's baked and it's, it's uh, intended to represent a period of time, be it six months or a year, you have a little bit of a shield to operate within and you can sort of punt things to the next planning cycle when new ideas come up or new research comes up. Of course, there are exceptions. Obviously, we're dealing with a pretty big change to every industry with uh, the COVID considerations right now. And that has fundamentally changed a lot of businesses and they've had to pivot and make, make pretty drastic decisions. Um, but something like that aside, I think having a cohesive plan that, that can be used as a way to um, lay out what the team is going to be responsible for in a given time period gives them the ability to be unblocked and move fast and get stuff done. That makes a lot of sense. So, so that product strategy doc pretty much becomes like that North star that becomes kind of a, a security to, to know that <clears throat> this is what I can go back to, to kind of root in, to know like what I should be pushing towards without having to worry about being constantly uh, pivoting from one thing to another on, on some kind of a whim. Exactly. Exactly. Very, very cool. 
And so, Chris, this has been great so far. I have one question to kind of wrap us up, though. Um, so we, we've talked a lot about the, the positive sides of, of doing this right, of um, formulating strategy right at what levels and, and to what extent it should be um, kind of flushed out. But what are some of the pitfalls that you've seen organizations fall into when it comes to formulating a strategy and, and attempting to cascade that down through the organization? Like, what, where, where can things kind of slip up a little bit? Yeah, I guess there's a there's a couple things I might mention. Um, so one we talked a little bit about already, but but not getting proper alignment at the top can be can be a, a real issue. Uh, if you get blindsided by something that's completely unplanned, that actually is a huge body of work, that can certainly be disruptive and and feel like it invalidated a lot of the planning work that maybe you just did. So it's really important to get the right stakeholders. Um, bought off on the strategy, and I think that process is done through a review, typically of the of the strategic plan that that you develop. And I'd say the other the other pitfall is I've seen orgs overdo it as well. Um, there is a there is a point of diminishing returns. Um, there's always going to be some level of assumptions and and what I call napkin math kind of built into plans like these. Um, sooner or later, there's there's got to be some subjectivity that's applied. Um, and you got to make a judgment call. Uh, the real proof is going to be in the execution. Uh, that's going to be the true test of uh, how good your plan was. And you know, I think that's important to reflect on too when you're when you're developing these kinds of plans to look back at, at the previous planning session and understand how well you did uh, related to the goals and the plan that you set out. Um, so, so I think it's, I think it's both. I think, you know, you can fall into a, a, a trap if you don't get the right people bought in and don't, uh, be thorough if you're not thorough enough. And you can also fall into a trap by overdoing it as well and spending too much time planning. So I think it's a balance between those two. Yeah. I think I've heard it said in, in a book that I read somewhere that, you know, like a, a, an average strategy that was executed well will, will outperform a great strategy poorly executed. So I, I Right. To your point right. about it doesn't have to be a perfect strategy to, you know, to be executed well on and still provide results, I think is a great point that you bring up. Yeah, that's that's a, that's a great point. I think having people aligned to a plan and, and executing against it is so fundamental, even if that plan, to your point, isn't perfect. I think having people rally around a given set of, of ideas and put their energy in the same direction is, is so, so valuable inside an organization. I think, you know, where organizations can, can tend to struggle is when it feels like there are constantly shifting priorities and, and it's unclear what the, what the direction is or what the goals are. And, you know, you, you build some momentum in one area and then all of a sudden there's a, there's a change and you need to shift focus to another area. You know, to me, that's like an inefficient process. That's an inefficient company. So if you're able to, to facilitate a good strategic planning process, uh, I do believe that that does provide a lot of that structure to allow people to all grow in the same direction and be successful. Absolutely. Well, Chris, I really appreciate you coming on. I, I really enjoyed the, the conversation and, and learned a lot from it. I know I've heard you speak before and it was a pleasure to speak to you uh, directly this time. So thanks for coming on. Absolutely. Thanks. Thanks for having me, John. That was Chris B, Senior Director of Product Development at Zillow. I love how Chris broke down what strategy is and how product strategy is developed and the role you have as a product manager or product leader and in helping influence the overall strategy for your org. Don't forget to check the link in the show notes to Chris's Medium post where he shared the template for creating a product strategy doc.
If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode as we continue to bring you key insights from the world's finest product managers and product leaders. To help others find us, feel free to share this episode and leave us a five-star rating on iTunes and the Apple Podcast app and a review telling others what you like about the show. Thank you for joining us and we look forward to seeing you in the next episode of Podcasting.